All right. Hello, my field daisies. We have a very special guest on the podcast today. Say hi, Kimmy. Hi. And what is our life lesson for today? Our life lesson is focus on the things that move you forward. I love that. I think that's so true. I think sometimes people like get lost in like things that don't move them forward. So Mm -hmm. yeah, focus on things that move your life forward and like what you want to do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. All right. Roll the intro music. All right. Um, hello again, my field daisies. Um, finally, we have the infamous Kimmy on the podcast. <laughs> We've mentioned you so many times, me and Emily. If you haven't listened to the podcast with me and Emily, you definitely should. But um, Kimmy is our other third musketeer in our trio. So Ooh. yeah, um, for people that don't know, um, I want you to tell the story of how we know each other. I want to see it from <laughs> your POV. How do we know each other, Kimmy? Okay. <laughs> Um, I feel like I should present a little bit of backstory as mm-hmm. to why I was there that night. Okay. Um, but basically, I had had a very dramatic friend breakup, mm-hmm. um, and I had met our friend Kay um, on Bumble BFF, and she invited me out, and I was like, you know what? I could really meet some new girlies that mm-hmm. like, you know, are in the city and like like to go out and like to hang out and stuff. And so I took a chance and I went out by myself to the club um (laughs) and i met daisy and amelia in the club um i met amelia at the door Mm -hmm. um i loved her dress and so i just told her i loved her dress and honestly i was kind of fishing for someone who was living in brooklyn that we could uber back together with oh so you were like scouting it out (laughs) i was truly like i'm not paying a 60 dollar uber like i need someone else who's going the same way were there other girls that you were talking to before amelia like oh yeah Well, she'll know now. She's in the podcast. <laughs> I think I did tell her. I think one of the first things I asked her mm-hmm. after, like, oh, like she lives in Brooklyn, was, yeah. "Do you want to split an Uber?" <laughs> and she was like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we met you going mm-hmm. into the elevator. Yes. Um, you said that you liked my shoes. Mm-hmm. And I don't I even said, remember Thank that. You. I know. I vividly remember because I didn't have a sip to drink yet. Um, but you said you liked my shoes mm-hmm. and I said thank you. Mm-hmm. And then Amelia and I were talking about Harry Styles. Or, or yeah, and I like interjected myself into the conversation. <laughs> I was like, because, okay, you know what? I was on a mission that night too. Yeah. Because I had two Harry Styles tickets. Yeah. But I didn't have anyone to go with. So yeah. like immediately my ears <laughs> perked up and I was like, oh my God, do you guys know him? I was like, yeah. oh, you like Harry Styles? You want to come to the concert with me? Immediately, I was like, yes, give me your number right now. <laughs> and then in my phone for a while, you're Kimmy Harry Styles. So I was like, you're still Daisy Harry Styles. <laughs> I have not changed it. Oh my God. That's funny. I love yeah. it. I love it. And we ended, up, we ended up going to the Harry Styles concert together. Yeah. And it was so fun. It was so fun. I like screamed my head off. Like, I know. It was just, it was the best time. It was that so vibey. Like, my birthday present mm-hmm. from you, which is like the greatest thing <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Might mm-hmm. have been the greatest gift, honestly, <laughs> that I've ever received. Yeah, and like, you know what was so funny about the concert? I feel like if there was a dress code that I was not aware of. Like, girls oh, yeah. were dressed the same. They were all in like... The feather boas. Like, 70s. 70s garb. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, 
but I guess we're too old. (laughs) (laughs) That was the thing. But still, so, 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 so much fun. So, Um, but yeah, um, something that I told um, Amelia, and I think I've told you this before too, is like, I thought you guys had already knew each other. That's how Mm. close you guys were. And I was like, because I remember I came with my friend Tasha, and so I was with her like half the night, and then I would see. Yeah, yeah, and I would see you guys go out and like take. I was like, dang, I wish I was out there with them to take pictures and stuff, like blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just like uh, it's so. F- I didn't know until later that you guys had just met that night too. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. We were waiting at the door for like a while. I feel mm-hmm. like so we definitely like got the conversation in. Yeah, and I think another thing that I said to her, or she said to me first, I don't really remember, was mm-hmm. like. Oh, I want pictures tonight. Like, are you down? Yeah. That? Um, <laughs> Immediately like, connected. Immediately. Because, you know, some people are like, like kind of weird about that, and that's Yeah, totally and that's valid. fine. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not embarrassed to take pictures. Yeah. And, like, I want, like, memories to look back on and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we literally just way. did New Year's. We all, we just, all we did for New Year's was have a photo shoot. Have a photo shoot. <laughs> and it was amazing. And it was so fun. Like, it's not yeah. even necessarily about the product. Like, mm-hmm. the process is so fun. Like, yeah. getting ready with the girlies mm-hmm. and then, like, doing a up and like yeah. hyping each other up when we're taking pictures mm-hmm. like I think it's a lot more about the camaraderie than it is about the vanity you but know it's something about the female experience as well because I don't yeah. think maybe some guys do but like I think it is a shared female experience to like get ready for pictures mm-hmm. have the angles have yeah. the moment like <laughs> yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. I think girlies are also just so supportive in yes. every single way mm-hmm. like and like helpful as well mm-hmm. not just like hey you look good even though you don't mm-hmm. like hey let me help you with your hair like yeah like bathroom girlies mm-hmm. i love the bathroom i girlies. love bathroom girlies too <laughs> they're the best they're the best mm-hmm. um i don't even know why we go to the club we should just go straight to the bathroom <laughs> together <laughs> yeah right because that's where all that's where all the tea happens you mm-hmm. know um, and then also, um, shout out to our friend Kay, because we, we've told her this so many times. Yes. Like, if it wasn't for her, we would have never met. We would have yeah. never met. Um, I think we should give context that like, Kay is a promoter as well. Maybe we should put oh, that context yeah. in there. Yeah, so, like, Kay does promoting, and so, like, she... But, you know, I met her on Bumble BFF as well, and I didn't even know promoting was a thing. And, like, I remember she messaged me. She's like, hey, like, I just, um, I like getting girls together to, like, go out and have some fun, like, and meet new friends. That's mm-hmm. how she, like told me about it. And like, I truly think that's exactly what she did, yeah, you know? Yeah. So she's more than a promoter. She, she is, is like, she is like a friend guru. She's like a matchmaker. Yeah, <laughs> like a friend matchmaker. Uh, yeah. and, and the sweetest human being in the world. The yeah. sweetest human being and mm-hmm. dropped it gorgeous. Um, so Stunning. if she listens to this podcast, shout out to you. Hey, Kay. Hey, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, okay, so let's get into the meat of the podcast. So um, Kimmy uh, is an actor and dancer. Mm-hmm. And um, as you guys know I'm like getting back into that journey so I did want to like deep dive into your journey as an actor and dancer um and yeah and like how you got started in it how do you like it all of it we're gonna get into everything okay wonderful. yes mm-hmm. um I have a love-hate relationship <laughs> honestly with mm-hmm. the industry as everyone does mm-hmm. um because I mean, so many reasons, really. But um, I started as a dancer the same way every other person started as a dancer. My parents thought it was cute (laughs) with the pink tutus and the flowers and the hula hoops and dance classes. So they put me in when I was two years old. Two Um, years old? Two years old, yeah. Um, The class, I remember my dance teacher telling me this story when I turned 18 and pursued it professionally. Um, Mm -hmm. But she 
she told me that um, the class was for three to four year olds and my dad insisted in putting me in that class and he was like no she's so smart like you have to she knows she she can do this yeah Um, and he put me in and lo and behold um, I could do it which is amazing no doubt they always know parents Mm -hmm. always know Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah so I think they never really expected me to stick with it but I think it was around when I was like nine or ten years old that I started getting really good because um, like cognitively you know you develop a lot more self-awareness around that age um, and like physical awareness as well and I just started getting really good at it um, and so I didn't know that I was good at it but then like once people started telling me I was like oh wait maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously um, and I did and I ended up performing with the company um, I was out of school a lot because we were just this is in high school this was in middle school high school mm-hmm. yeah um, I started point in middle school um, and that's when um, my dance teacher started pulling me out of school and like we were performing um, and doing a lot of like educational tours as well um, but in high school mainly I was performing a lot and training a lot um, mm-hmm. and then I went to college for it yeah wait wait back up though yeah what um what what sparked you to really pursue it professionally was it like a passion for the fame for the artistry of it for like the love of it um, well, definitely not the fame, because I bet you $10 you can't name a ballerina. <laughs> like, you cannot name one. <laughs> um, but I, I don't really know that there was, like, a moment that I realized that I loved it. I think it started, like, when I, w- when I was a kid. Like, when you hear you're good at things, um, it starts to feel good, right? Like you get good feedback and you feel good from it. And so you want to do more of it to kind of attain more of that validation and that, you know, those compliments and stuff. But I think at some point, like when I started getting good and I started recognizing myself as being really good at it, I started enjoying it so much. Mm. Not that I didn't enjoy it before, but like it was another thing in my life. You know, like you go to school, you go to dance, you go to piano lessons, whatever, whatever. And it's just part of you growing up and learning things um but it just started being like such and it's such a cliche but such an escape from like all the things that I didn't want to deal with Mm -hmm. like it was something that I was good at it was something that I enjoyed doing and like when I was dancing or training or in class like choreographing whatever I didn't have to think about a single thing outside like how much I couldn't stand school or like any type of family problems or you know, this and that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's like when you fall in love with something, there isn't a moment that you fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. It just kind of happens gradually. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, mm-hmm. I can't live without this. Yeah, but it's like, it's a very unique experience that you did it so young though, because mm-hmm. mo- a lot of high schoolers wouldn't like necessarily think to like, not you didn't drop out of school, but like do school as well as be in a company. Mm-hmm. Like that's that takes a lot of gusto, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really interesting that that's kind of like how it started for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was quite a balance, I would say. Um, I did not prioritize school at all. Um, honestly, I was too smart for my own good. Mm. And I knew exactly what I needed to do to pass. And I didn't put any more effort into school than that. And I definitely could have. I was in like advanced classes and I ended up getting college credits like 
by accident. <laughs> <laughs> like in high school. Were you like a all A Asian or were you like... <laughs> I was growing up mm-hmm. and then once I was like, I'm going to be a dancer, mm-hmm. I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, why would I waste any energy And that's valid. Else? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which like in hindsight, I don't know that I would have changed that experience. Like... I wish I could say, hey, kids, like, you should try your best at every single thing. But at the end of the day, I knew what was important to me. Um, and I'm glad that I didn't waste any time on the other things. Because um, when are you going to use science as a dancer? It didn't know? serve me, yeah, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I really loved, I was actually a physics nerd. I loved mm. physics. That was the one class where I applied myself completely mm-hmm. because I loved it. Um and there was a lot of correlation between physics and dance. Like, it made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of what pushed me. And, like, I was good at math. Um, and everything else was kind of like I was put in these advanced classes because my teachers forced me to. They were very much like, please try harder. Like, we know you, can, <laughs> we know you have so much potential. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think everyone has potential in different aspects of their life that they don't necessarily pursue. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, I definitely could have gone the academic route, but I knew that I would be upset at myself if I did. Yeah. It, di- it wasn't serving you and it didn't move you forward in life. It did not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And Full so you circle. should, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta tie in the life lesson somehow. Um, okay. So now, so you decided to do it in college as well. So you went to college for dance. I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Much to my dismay. Um, I did go to college. <laughs> also, I will say, Kimmy is always wise beyond her years. I feel like she's like an old lady in a young person's body. You're like, much to my dismay, I, um, <laughs> I decided to go to dance for college. Um, yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> I'm too grown, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I... I, I did not want to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I knew the dance industry much better than anyone in my hometown could have um, because I loved it so much. I researched it so much. Um, I ended up training at Joffrey Ballet School um, in New York City when I was in high school. Um, and so I was back and forth between New York and New Jersey, and I had learned a lot. And I knew that a degree was not necessary for what I wanted, and I also knew at the time and like it's something that I've always kind of carried with me that like your timeline will never look like anyone else's and I could always go back to college after my dance career because I knew it had a shelf life and that's completely reasonable and um I understand why my parents worried about that um but the deal was um that I had to go to college and I had to get a degree in anything they just needed that paper in their hands it's an asian thing to feel Mm -hmm. secure for their child that they sacrificed so much for and i understand Mm -hmm. um and so i went for dance Mm -hmm. and it was invaluable experience um i learned a lot and i met a lot of people who i'm still friends with today and i'm i don't regret it per se but i definitely think um my life would look really different if I decided not to, and still in a good way. Yeah. Like, if you had your choice, if you didn't have your parents' influence, you probably would have, wouldn't have gone. I definitely would not have mm-hmm. gone. I'm in debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the college will do that to you in the U.S. It'll put you in crippling debt. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my debt, comparatively to a lot of other people's debt, um, is manageable. hmm Um, and again, I did learn a lot. Um, I don't know what my life would have looked like without that experience. So 
I can't really say if it would have been better or worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the end of the day, it, you know, even though I did it for my parents, it was a choice that I made. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm responsible for that choice. Yeah. Um, But so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. No, you're good. I was going to say, so how did you transition or decide to also do acting on top of dance? Like when did you start getting your passion for acting? Yeah, so in high school, I also did um, musical theater. Um, To be honest, I think my teachers and my parents wanted me to be a little bit more involved in school um, in any way. Um, And so I was like, okay, I'll do the theater productions for a year or two. Um, And that ended up being really fun. Um, I grew up in a small town, so there was a lack of trained dancers, as well as um, just people who could count music in general, I guess, and like move their body along to it and get the steps correctly. So um, they always cast me as like one of the featured dancers. Um, I never did a part, I never got a part in anything, which is completely um, understandable. You know, if you only have a couple of good dancers, you cast them as dancers. Um, but I did a little bit of exploration in musical theater in high school. And then once I got to college, um, I love dancing, um, but it was a concert program, um, meaning it was focused on modern and ballet. And most people that exited that program were people who aspired to be in modern companies. And that's not what I wanted per se. Um, I wanted to do musical theater. I wanted to do theater. I wanted to do contemporary ballet, um, things that were a little bit more classic, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, and um, had this kind of like codified structure in terms of rehearsal and the show and technique. Um, so when I was in college, I auditioned for the musical theater program as well. Not the program, sorry. Um, the shows that the musical theater program put on and they would not cast dance majors. (laughs) They would not cast us. Um, just because Mm we, we would compete with the musical theater majors and that was kind of not fair because that's their territory. Yeah, it was kind of a bureaucratic thing versus a talent thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. which perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I started taking acting classes there. Um, I was a musical theater minor. Um, that was kind of my way of exercising that creative outlet that I, you know, I couldn't be in the shows. And in these acting classes, I was just thriving. Like I was having the time of my life, and I was also really good at it. And it kind of felt like something that not was missing per se, but it was significantly adding to my good experience performing. Um, And so it's something that I wanted to explore a little bit more. So I took quite a few acting classes in college. I did auditing. um, And then once when I graduated, actually right before I graduated, the pandemic hit. Mm. Um, So when that happened, my dance debut in New York City was canceled. Um, We went into lockdown one week before my debut. And it was incredibly disappointing. I got Um, goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It never got rescheduled um, because the city was a mess. And I ended up moving back home with my parents. Um, I'm very thankful for how things played out. Like, my family's safe. Nobody, you know, passed away from COVID. You know, um, none of us, like, really suffered in that way that a lot of people did. So I'm very thankful and I'm very grateful. Um, But, yes, my debut got canceled. Um, And so I kind of had to start from scratch. I thought I would have all these 
connections there you know people to watch me perform and then like I could network with and they knew my professors who could vouch for me um, and the whole thing just kind of crumbled into dust and yeah I don't mean to laugh it's just kind of like it's like it fuck. was horrible yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah and so I decided I couldn't I couldn't just sit back and wait. I spent the summer working at an Old Navy in my mm. town, just saving up money to move to the city. I moved out um, in September of 2020. Mm. Um, I moved out here, and the dance scene took so long to come back, and it's still not completely back because it's in person. You know, it's contact. Um it's a lot like you know stage work is a lot it's not just the dancers it's the tech crew it's the people backstage you know it's people building props and the costume designers and all these people need to be in the same room um and that wasn't coming back for a while and so i thought okay what can i do that's in the same field um that you know would let me exercise that creative outlet and do my job because I am a professional at this point. I've graduated, I've worked professionally. There's no reason as to why I can't like, you know, work as a professional. Um, And I was like, oh, let me just do some acting, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, And I got into classes and casting directors and agents were giving me really great feedback and I felt like I was in a really good place. And so I was like, you know what? This is happening right now. People are consuming so much content on Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, um, and so many pilots are getting made. And the big thing that I was really, really reading about through you know, all the SAG, all the unions and stuff, um, newsletters, was that we were getting more um, uh, people of color in the writing rooms. Mm. And that's where everything starts is mm-hmm. the content. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I want to do this right now. Yeah. So it's like almost like a strategic decision in a way as well, because as you're like, there's more opportunity here than potentially maybe in dance, which is like still taking some time to get its foothold back. Yeah. And so one, it was a passion move, but also it was a strategic professional move, it seems. It was definitely both. I mean, you have to be strategic, I feel like in any field, um, you know, you can work hard, but if you're not working smart, you're not going as far as you potentially can. Um, and I think in any way, you're climbing the ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Like in any industry, you're climbing the ladder. And my industry, you know, that might look a little bit different. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we all have to put a roof over our heads. We all have to have food on the table. We all have to also be doing things that make us happy enough to keep going. Um, and that was something that I wanted. And I was like, I'm, I don't have a degree in this. I don't have any professional credits, but I'm going to do it. And so I took the time. I did the work. I, you know, worked a day job Mm -hmm. as a teacher, um, which sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It sucked so bad. (laughs) I've heard your horror stories from being a teacher. It was horrible. Um, but yeah, that job paid for my headshots. It Mm -hmm. paid for... You know, my Uber trips to set, you know, when the train wasn't running, it paid for a lot of things that um, helped me invest in my own career. Um, And yeah, I just kept working hard and Mm -hmm. working smart and targeting specific casting directors and agents and researching. And the biggest thing, I think, in a lot of industries is researching and putting in the time. 
if you don't know an answer to a question, more likely than not, you can do a Google and someone will have asked that same question. You can find anything on Google. And someone else will have an answer. Mm -hmm. And also that happens from being in class and just not being afraid to ask. And the great thing about the pandemic for this industry was a lot of people were on Zoom. And so I was in class with people in Paris, in Germany, in South Africa. And these people were people who wanted to break into the film industry in the US and finally have that chance to do that. And so we were all just rapid firing questions and learning because everything was shut down. All these casting directors and agents had time on their hands. And so they were like, let's give back to this community. Let's answer some questions. Let's get some new actors in here. Um, And I learned so much. Um, And it just kind of snowballed from there, Mm -hmm. I guess. And okay, so I think this is a good segue into like my next question is Mm -hmm. like for people that are like just getting into the industry or just Mm -hmm. wanting to like, you know, be an actor or be a dancer, like what kind of advice do you have as someone who has been in the industry for a little bit? I have a lot of advice. (laughs) (laughs) Top three. Top three. Mm -hmm. Um, First one, first things first, do the work. Mm-hmm. Do like if you don't have training, you don't enter the industry. Like you don't get to be a doctor without studying the body. You don't get to do acting without studying acting. And a lot of people think it's pretending, um, or just reading lines with like a little bit of emotion, and that's completely fine. Um, but just like any trained professional, um, we can spot who does the work and who doesn't. There's a lot of layers to human beings and being able to portray that, not just to portray that, but have someone watching you be able to find that in your performance is is something that needs training. And when you're- It's a muscle that you need is. to train. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. it's a muscle. And not only that, but the ability, you when you're in class, you're learning to not just act, but you're learning to take direction. You're learning terms that they use on set. You're learning, um, about the industry itself you're earning you're learning about payroll you know like these technicalities that you wouldn't think go into this um, it has everything to do with acting and who you are in the industry because nobody is really able to teach you this right like um, everyone's experience is different you know some people in the 80s got discovered on the street and that's fantastic and lucky and wonderful but the chances of that happening today are most likely zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just such an infrastructure now that mm-hmm. no one's looking on the street because there's literally databases of actors waiting to be discovered. Exactly. There's. Mm-hmm. It's a very heavily saturated industry. Yep. And what can you do to make yourself stand out is to do the work. There's so many people who want the fame. They want the money, which there isn't really much money <laughs> in it. Um, they want to be known. And... Fine, wonderful, great. Um, But it's not a glamorous lifestyle, especially when you're not like a Nepo baby and you don't have any connections and you're someone who truly loves acting and just wants to be able to do it, to like put a roof over your head. Um, It's difficult, it's a hard path. Um, Sorry, that's number one. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) On a tangent there. Yeah, Um, number number one, yeah, it's a hard path. (laughs) <laughs> Number one, it's a hard path. Yeah, do the work. Do the work because it's a hard path. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're all good and trained, yeah. um, you're very solid, you've gotten good feedback from professionals, teachers, professors, whomever, um, you need to know 
who you are in relation to the industry. What would you get cast as? Um, are you easy to work with? Do you have any relationships? You know, where can you build yourself? And that is really, really, really important because that one student film that you did for free, someone's gonna remember that you were wonderful to work with. Mm -hmm. And the next project that they work on, which is a big Hulu TV show, they're gonna say, hey, wait, I remember this one person, they sound great for this job. Whether it's a PA job, whether it's a co-star, whether like anything, um, your relationships are so important and the way that you treat other people in this industry are so important because, um, I don't know if you know this, but the official statistic for working actors is 2%. Mm. 2% of actors are working and can survive off of it, mm -hmm. which is very low. Yeah, really low. <laughs> um, very yeah. low. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, not to say you should be nice to people for your chances, but you should be kind to people anyways. And, in life in general. Yeah, and I, I think that the energy that you put out, you'll always receive. So do you think that people should take jobs, even if it's unpaid, for the experience and the networking, and you never know where this um, project might lead? Um, it definitely depends. Um, this is something that comes with experience, being able to look at a project and seeing if it's, if the script is quality, if the writing is quality writing, if um, the footage that you get back is going to be useful for you, um, if it takes enough of your time, but not too much, to where it's good work, but they're not taking advantage of you. Um, if someone is just like, hey, I want to make a film and put it on my iPhone and put it on YouTube and they wrote it in a half hour and you're not getting good footage and it's like a one week shoot that you have to take off of work for, obviously that's something that, mm -hmm. you know, most people would decide is not worth it for them. But if you don't have any experience on set, you need to make sure you have experience on set mm -hmm. because when you get hired and you work as a professional, you have to have enough to back you up and say, yeah, I have experience doing this. I'm going to do a good job. Right. Do you like look on projects that are free? Do you like look up the director? Do you look up like who is, you know? Yeah. So it definitely depends on the casting site that you're on, where you're finding this. If it, if someone just texted you and was like, hey, I know of this thing. Um, it could come any way really, but you have to, you know, do your diligence on deciding if it's right for you. And that includes, you know, if it's an NYU short film, I've done a couple of those. Um, if it's, you know, like a master's project or if it's a high school passion project, you know, um, and that doesn't necessarily go to say that it's not going to be a good quality project, but you have to use your discretion in deciding what what is the priority. If you have absolutely no experience on set, you have no acting training, or you're just getting into your acting training, and you don't have official headshots, you don't have a reel, you don't have any footage that's you know um, updated, then yeah, it might be worth your time to go and you know get into the swing of things, you know, see what it's like on set, working with other people, doing a couple of takes in a row, being able to stay in character. All these things are also muscles that you need. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't know how to act on set, if you get flustered easily when you're asked to, you know, do something different with your lines, or you know, when someone's giving you direction, um, that's something that you also need to exercise. That's your responsibility. Yeah. At least that's something that I've kind of realized, like coming back into the industry after like almost like a decade not doing it. Mm -hmm. It truly is something that you need to train. Like yeah. it's a muscle that you need to work out. 
because it's like it's not like you can just pick it back up again like you really have to work hard and like practice your craft Mm -hmm. you know yeah and I think it's really good advice to like understand where you sit in the industry as well not only like what kind of characters you can play but also like what is your experience level Mm -hmm. and I think that will help people judge as well as like what project you should take on what opportunities you should take on what other things what gaps are missing for you exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes like I mean my agent has sent me things with such short deadlines if you can't handle it then you are not serving your purpose as a client either. You know, when you get to the level where you you have representation and you're being constantly submitted for, you know, TV network shows, big movies, um, you have to be able to do the work. And if you're not ready for that, you're just going to get flustered. You're just gonna stress yourself out. And that's not fair to you, that's not fair to the work that you've put in, that's not fair to your representation, and that's not fair to the other person on the side of the computer that has to watch your tape. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done self-tapes in an hour. um, and Like memorize lines and everything? Yes. Yeah. And set up ring light and gotten dressed and gotten ready and like done character analysis and all this in an hour and you have to be able to do that and I know some I love people, that yeah mm-hmm. I know some people who have received 16 pages of lines and they have to submit it the next day mm-hmm. and you know you do you do your best um but there's always way to push your best mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah what's like a final piece of advice that you would give people who are getting into acting um I think my final piece of advice would be if you really love it, don't get discouraged. Oh, hmm. yeah. I'm surprised I came out of your mouth. <laughs> I know, I'm such a bitch. <laughs> Usually. You're, you're honest and truthful and like a badass bitch. But, so that's why I was like, oh. I know, I'm not very mushy. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I want to like explain that. Mm-hmm. If it's not something that you're super passionate about, Um, I'm sorry, but don't take up space in this industry. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to do it 110%, most likely it's not going to work out for you because for the hundreds of thousands of people that do put in 110%, it still doesn't work out for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so oversaturated and there's so many people competing against each other. I don't believe in competition per se, but there's a lot of people in the industry going for the same roles. Um, and again, if you love it a lot, don't get discouraged because acting is something that doesn't have a shelf life. They need people playing 80 year old roles. They need people playing 50 year old roles. They need people playing the craziest thing that you could think of or the super like tame, shy person, you know, there's just, there's so much range and we're getting so much content with range now, Mm -hmm. um, that there's a role for everybody. Mm-hmm. There truly is. And it's... Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how old you are. Does not matter. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, it's probably the more unique you <laughs> seem. <laughs> You'll catch someone's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, for the right or wrong reasons, who, who knows? But um, at the end of the day, if you do your diligence, if you put in the work, if you do all the steps right, you work hard, you work smart, and you know, you invest in your own career, if you're willing to put that in, your time will come. 
Yeah, I love that. That's yeah. so beautiful. Thank you. And I know we don't have as much time anymore, so maybe we won't do media obsessions, but yeah. I do want to hear, Kimmy, do you have any sincere shout-outs you'd like to shout-out on this podcast today? I do! <laughs> I live in the city. Uh-huh. I love my white noise machine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is a white noise machine? Okay. Yeah, break it down for me. All right, I am a very light sleeper incredibly light sleeper um any sound will wake me up i'm not super sensitive to light but um i if i feel a crumb in my bed <laughs> which there never would be because i don't eat in bed um i can't sleep mm-hmm. you're princess in the pee if there's a little tiny pee you're like Mm-mm. exactly <laughs> you're a princess um so if i hear some sirens or honking or honestly just like some wind <laughs> i can't sleep some wind how dare the wind blow? Honestly, the audacity. Um, but I have a white noise machine, and it has a couple of different settings, but it's just this little machine. I plug it in. It's right next to my bed, um, and it just creates white noise. Um, and once I turn it on, it just sounds like consistent air, like a consistent sound, and, and it blocks out everything else. You know, I have neighbors upstairs. Sometimes I can hear their footsteps. Sometimes I hear their dog. But once I turn this white noise machine on, it almost has conditioned me to where when I hear this, mm. I get sleepy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And yeah. keeps me asleep all throughout the night. Do you know what brand it is? No. <laughs> where did you get it from? It's called like... No, I don't know. You don't know? It's from Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay, love it. Love yeah. it. And how long have you had it? Um, Maybe two years. Wow. Yeah. And you've been using it straight for two years. Like, you cannot sleep without it. I use it every single night. <laughs> Unless I'm sleeping over here, which... I don't really sleep that well. <laughs> I know. My place is pretty loud. It's not your fault. It's not my fault, but I literally live right above the train. Like, it just goes right over my bedroom. I think it's both things. You know, mm-hmm. it's, like, kind of loud, but I'm also just more sensitive than the average person. Yeah. So that combination. But, okay, the question <laughs> to me is, like, okay, a white noise machine, you know there's, like, white noise that, like noises on your phone, too, right? So, mm-hmm. like, what's the difference between that and, like, a machine? Um, I think, so the machine has, like, holes and, like, around it Uh I think it just kind of projects the sound in like a circular way as where when it comes out of your phone it comes out of the speaker on one end Mm -hmm. and so you can hear exactly like pinpoint where the sound is coming from your phone but the machine like makes it everywhere is like this white noise sound yeah it sounds like like it's bouncing off the mm -hmm. walls and it really like lulls me to sleep what does it sound like? static it sounds like if you had um i guess if you had like an air conditioning or a fan on Mm -hmm. and it's just that constant like air sound Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) i I love it (laughs) but it's great and Mm -hmm. i can't hear i mean it doesn't drown out every single noise um otherwise then the white noise would be a little too loud but yeah um it drowns out most mild um, noises mm-hmm. to where like it's completely consistent and if anything I also since I'm focusing on that sound mm-hmm. I my thoughts don't get in the way like yeah. sometimes when it's too quiet and you start thinking some crazy stuff <laughs> and you, you can't fall asleep um yeah yeah how long have, so have you how long have you used a white noise machine for was it just for the two years have you used it like your whole life or um I, only the two years when mm. I moved to the city I really needed it nice yeah okay interesting that's really good no one has ever shouted the, uh, a white noise machine out before so I'm first <laughs> <laughs> well also um you're the first um actor actress I think I've had on the podcast as well Wonderful. so um it has truly been such a delight to have you on this podcast like you are so insightful so wise so bright and such a like 
charming person. Aww. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. So are you. <laughs> but um, I genuinely just enjoy hanging out with you in general. And I feel like we've just, we just talk like we've been talking. Like we literally had lunch before this. It just yeah. feels exactly like that. The same. Same. But a little less cranky. A little less. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So the next thing we have to do is we had to get me, you, and Emily on a podcast. Because I think Absolutely. that will, the chaos will ensue and it'd be so fun. Honestly, that one should be like, Listeners can optionally listen to that one. I think we'll just be insane. (laughs) But it'll be fun. It'll It'll be be super fun. But all right. Um, Love y'all. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a daisy day. Woo! Woo!